Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm on the road for the holidays, but I'm still going to take you on a trip around the division. So, this week could not really have worked out much better for the Detroit Lions in the NFC North. Let's start by getting the Bears out of the way. The Bears dropped a tight one, literally in the case of Darnell Mooney to the Cleveland Browns. Justin Fields didn't have a great day against the Browns' defense. Jim Schwartz is a great defensive coordinator, and he has guys on that roster to do some really cool things with the Browns' defense, so that is very much not surprising. Not a ton of QBs have great days against that defense, Uh, but Fields, really not great day. Uh, 19 of 40, so under 50% completion percentage with one touchdown and two INTs. Of course, he did have receivers drop two touchdowns. <laughs> uh, but he ended the day, you know, it is what it is. You are what your numbers say you are with only 166 yards passing and 30 rushing. I haven't done a lot of these where Justin Fields was held to under 200 combined yards of offense. The Browns really made Fields and DJ Moore's lives difficult on Sunday. Like Moore was held to four catches and 52 yards. And I mean, he's under just under 1,100 yards for the season with three games left. But he is a guy who does have these games where he just sort of... That level of production isn't a problem, but it's not creating a problem for the defense. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball for the Bears, Montez Sweat has really made me personally, and this is of course what matters, regret the decision the Lions made to not make that trade. Like, yeah, they would have had to give up a first rounder and then hand him a giant check, but he's fundamentally changed the way this Bears defense works in a way that makes me think that that was actually, that would have been okay. Just to get that guy on this defense across from Aiden Hutchinson in hindsight, I think I probably would have made that trade. Uh, against the Browns, he had seven tackles and two and a half sacks, so I may just be having a little bit of recency bias there. <laughs> As a Lions fan, I hate to see this, uh, but the Bears still lost. Which I love to see. 
Uh, I think that the way they lost and the fact that the game really did come down to a Hail Mary that should have probably been caught, given that it was in the receiver's hands, but it wasn't. Like, the idea that the Bears are going to fire Matt Eberflus this offseason at one point seemed like it was an absolute certainty to happen. And now, I think that's a pretty distant trip away from reality. Uh, I, I can't imagine why they would. Like, he has recovered this team and gotten this locker room back and organized and moving forward in a way that I really didn't think was possible after four weeks. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield lit them up for 384 yards and four touchdowns. Rashad White added 89 on the ground for the Bucs. Chris Godwin put up 155 receiving yards on them. And then Jordan Love was 29 of 39 on the way to a, a very young Staffordian effort. Um... Good stats, but they didn't lead to significant team success because the defense really didn't come to play this week. Uh, Dontavian Wicks put up 97 yards. Tucker Craft, Jaden Reed both got over 50 and a 10, put up touchdowns, both of them. Aaron Jones was back, but, <laughs> you know, so the, the Packers did have a running back that could manage over four yards per carry in this game, but it didn't matter because they couldn't keep the game close enough for the running attack to really be a factor. Um, Packers are now two games below 500 and out of contention for the NFC North. That magic number, boys and girls, is zero, and you'd love to see that with three weeks left in the year. So much for all of the people who were telling me that they were going to run the table and the Lions were going to lose the North. Where are you at? How about the Vikings? Nick Mullins put up 303 yards. 26 of 33 uh, and had two touchdowns. But because he's Nick Mullins, he uh, also had two interceptions. Jordan Addison caught six for 111 with two touchdowns, so that's the Nick Mullins-Jordan Addison connection is definitely a thing. Uh, rips my heart out every time I see him succeed in that uniform. He was one of my guys in the draft. Like that was, I love that guy. He was my, my number one wide receiver in that draft with a bullet. All the teams not named the Chicago Bears in the NFC North just really love to draft my guys and then have them do well. It's infuriating. Uh, Justin Jefferson, yeah, I picked him too. Wide receiver two that year. Uh, had seven catches, 84 yards. You know, a little bit more triumphant type of comeback than the one he had last week now that he doesn't have Josh Dobbs throwing him into kill shots. Uh, Hawkinson, six catches, 63 yards. It's a very well-rounded passing attack in Minnesota. Uh, because they're just running that Kirk Cousins offense with a quarterback that isn't as good. That's kind of the, the major difference there. Uh, Daniel Hunter added to the resume that makes him far and away the best pass rusher that might be available in the 2024 offseason. Why am I mentioning that? No reason at all. That's a move I would love to see the Lions make this year just to kind of fix <laughs> a major issue with the defense. 
And I just want to say, Josh Metellus is a really cool player, and Brian Flores is using him everywhere on the field. Like, I think he has actually lined up in literally every position, all 11 spots. It's just a really cool thing that he's throwing at offenses. Uh, if I hadn't already given Ifiatu Melifonwu, or if players on other teams could win it, he would pretty much be a perpetual Ash Thompson presents the Roy Kent award Uh And given that the Lions are taking on the Vikings this week, I'm probably going to spend a bunch of time talking about him specifically, so I I won't digress into it here. Uh, All in, the Vikings couldn't keep up with the Joe Browning Bengals with the Nick Mullins version of the Kirk Cousins offense. Uh, I've heard some people talking about Browning, like he's the next Tom Brady with Joe Burrow as the Drew Bledsoe in this scenario, and... uh, Come on. (laughs) Internet, stop being dumb. Uh, You guys know I'm a golf fan at this point, but if the Bengals were stupid enough to... uh, (laughs) It is laughable. If they were dumb enough to to get rid of Joe Burrow, uh, like, please, Brad, make that call. I I love Jared, but I would take Joe Burrow in a second. Wow. Against the Brian Flores Vikings defense, though, Browning did manage to go 29-42 of with two touchdowns and an interception. Oh, the Vikings lost in overtime to a Bengals squad that, while they are third in their division, they would also be a playoff team if the playoffs started today. So, of course, Vikings fans now are calling for Kevin O'Connell's head. This is the guy who has them in playoff contention with three weeks to go after they lost their starting quarterback to an Achilles injury. Um, unlike the Jets, say, as an example, like using Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins as quarterback to get to this point. Uh, it's official. Vikings fans on Twitter are stupid. So to recap, Bears lost five and nine. Packers dropped out of the division race with a loss taking them to 6-8, and eight, they might finish last in the division. You love to see it. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings dropped to 7-7, seven and seven, and they're the only team not called the Detroit Lions that still have any remote chance of winning the division. I saw some projections this morning that have the Lions as a 100% uh, lock <laughs> for playoffs, even though they haven't actually clinched that yet until... Unless, depending on what happened Monday night, it's recording on Monday. The magic number is one. A single Lions victory or Vikings loss and the NFC North comes to Detroit for the first time in its existence. And you can kind of see my breath a little bit because I'm recording these outside and I'm in Canada. See you tomorrow.